How many people have one of those days that start poorly and it gets worse? Anyone had those days, you know? My day started okay, but I didn't get out of my road this morning before I reached down to get my coffee, picked it up, bumped the gear stick, spilled the coffee all over my shirt. And so, you know, those levels of frustration begin to rise in you. Nobody else probably experiences those fleshy moments, but I did. And uh, so I just want to shake that off. I know there's other things going on in people's lives today. We're going to shake that off. And the reason we're going to shake it off, I'm going to ask for the two plants to be brought up. Can you bring that plant and that plant up and just put them on the side of the stage for me? And and the reason I'm going to say it is because my message today is dead things, dead things can come to life. So just there, just right there. Thank you so much. Right there. Yep, perfect. Give her a hand. Jesus, you do a great job, you know. We want to be a house of encouragement. When anybody does anything, did you see Johnny before walk up and put water on the pulpit? That was fantastic. Give Johnny a hand. (laughs) I tell you, you know, honestly, we have so many things going on in this house. At any given moment, that can cause little moments of frustration. I stood before and I says to the beautiful visual team, I said, so all the PowerPoints in and Judy looked at me and went, I don't know anything about PowerPoints. I thought, okay, I've failed again. This is how it's going to go. So... It's tough. There's always something going on. But this morning, I'm going to preach on dead things come to life. And so I want to start with a PowerPoint this morning. PowerPoint number one and two look like this. And I want to start with this question. Have you ever felt like you just don't belong? Have you ever kind of got to a place where you just don't feel like you fit in? Has anyone ever felt like that before? I just want you to put your hands up. If you've ever felt like you don't belong, like you don't fit in. And let me ask you another question. If you were a piece of fruit, which piece of fruit would you be? An apple? Okay, I want to to go to the next PowerPoint if you can, because all my life I felt like I didn't fit in. And so we're going to go to the next PowerPoint, PowerPoint chapter number three. And I felt like that. I felt like in a beautiful bowl of incredible fruit, I was the odd one out. I was the dark misshapen one. I was the avocado, if you will. And so this morning, I want to unpack that a little bit. I want to tell you and share my journey. I want to share my journey with our Generation Sunday guys, but I want to share my journey because I think this journey of Christianity applies to each and every one of us because all of us at different times in our life feel as though we don't fit in. When I came out to Jim Boomba, I was in grade three, I came out to Jim Boomba school and, and I didn't fit in. Everybody out here was a country kid and I was a city kid and I didn't fit in. And so over a little bit of time, I went into the classrooms and I realized that everybody was fairly academic and I was not academic. I wasn't good at school and so I didn't fit in. And so then we went out to the sporting field. You'd think that was a great place for someone who looks as magnificent as me. But honestly, I've got to be honest, my hand-eye coordination was that of a two-year-old and so I didn't fit in. And slowly over time, I don't know when everybody else has ever felt like this, but slowly over time, things inside me begin to die. Things inside me, like I'm not good at mathematics, so I just let that die. I'm not good at English. I'm still not good at English, so I just let that die. I'm not good at sports. I couldn't kick a ball to save myself. And if you gave me a cricket bat, it was just a horrible opportunity for me to look poor on the sporting field. I also had ADHD. You know that guy who in the middle of the cricket match, you know that guy in the middle of the cricket match and you're there and the ball and everyone's screaming, Phil, get it. And he's looking at the clouds thinking, that one looks like Santa Claus. That was me. 
I also had a poor capacity to concentrate, but an excellent capacity to talk. So teachers were not my favorite friends. And so I didn't fit in. I was the avocado amongst the magnificent fruit. Anyone else feel like they don't fit in sometimes? Has anybody else ever felt like, man, out of all the beautiful fruit and all the beautiful gifts, I'm the avocado? And so I want to talk to you this morning about dead things can live again. I want to talk to you about how you can take those things in your life that are dead or things in your life that are dying and you can hand them to Jesus and you can cause them to live again. And here's the thing, on the outside, I didn't look beautiful. But one day, one day, and I'm going to share this story. When I was about 16 years old, Jesus came into my life and I got to meet Jesus. And Jesus, out of all the fruitcakes he could have picked up, out of all the fruit, sorry, did I say fruitcakes? Out of all the fruit he could have picked up, he chose me. I'm going to go to the next slide if we can, please. He chose me. Even though I was black, even though I was sin-stained, the next slide, I was marred. I was like, they, they just, you know, but, but Jesus came, and the next slide, and he chose me. And he put me on a plate, and he set me aside, and he said, you are special. You are significant. In fact, I've got a scripture that I want to share with you this morning. It's John 15, verse 16. He says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I want you to hear that this morning because I think that's a message for someone here. That even though you might feel like you're dead and even though you feel like nobody wants you and even though you feel like you're undesirable, Jesus comes and he pulls you out of the midst of that and he sets you apart and he says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit. He set me apart and he appointed me to go and bear fruit. I want you to go to PowerPoint number seven, please, if you can. And I looked at this and I thought to myself, but just like the first thing he did when he appointed me was he then took out the sin, the skin, the black, the spotted stuff. He, he got hold of me and I, I thought I was pretty good. I was sitting on the plate, but all of a sudden he got hold of me and he just began to peel away those layers of muck that I had used to hide myself. Anyone else ever felt like that? Over time, I, I couldn't play sports and I wasn't any good at math, but boy, I could really drink and smoke like a champion, which isn't something to be proud of. That's for the young guys on the front. <laughs> Because all that you do is you put a mask. Anyone else met those people who had that hardened mask and that, that outside skin? You know, they want to present, oh, I'm tough, I'm, I'm rough and ready, and, and you're just inside, you're just not. And so the first thing Jesus does, and I want you to get this picture today, because when we come to Christ and when he chooses you, sometimes we think he's just going to choose me and that's going to be it, and I'm going to sit on a plate in a wonderful way for the rest of my life. But how many people know if I sit on the plate, I'm going to go icky, right? If you leave an avocado on a plate for too long, it, you know, it's just, it's going to go icky. So he did this to me. He got the knife and he began to cut and he began to peel and he began to take off. You know, the Bible says that he bore my sin and shame in his own body on the cross. So he took all of the yucky stuff on the outside of me and he peeled it all off. It blew my mind how he could take that horrible, yucky, brown bumpy stuff and peel it all off. And I thought, you know, at this point, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be just fantastic because he's going to peel it off, right? And then I'm here and I'm going to be on the plate. But the next problem was, and I don't know if you know this, but we're going to go to the next slide. 
Because then I think the next slide is this one. And he left me feeling very exposed. Has anyone ever come to Christ and, and the first thing he does is he, he peels away all those hardened shells, the things that you think are really cool, and then, and then you realise that without those things, you're kind of soft and vulnerable and marshmallowy, you know? And Anyone ever felt like that? And, and when you come to Christ, and I want to tell you this because sometimes when we come to know Jesus, we don't realise that he's going to take us through a process. We don't realise that when he chooses us, that's not the end of the journey. I want you to say, dead things can come alive. Dead can come, alive. come on, let's do it one more time. Ready? Dead things can come alive. And so, so he takes it and he peels away the yuck and, he, and then he leaves me and I'm like, yes, look at this. But boy, I feel naked. Anyone else ever felt naked and exposed and vulnerable and just awkward, right? It's awkward because, you know, before what I used to do to make myself look cool is, you know, I'm cool. I've got a cigarette. And then he peeled it away. And I felt really vulnerable. Before I used to look cool because I, I used to be, you know, pretend I was tough, and then he peeled it away. Before, I used to look cool because I could swear, and then he peeled it away. Yes, Rachel, he peeled it away. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and there I was. And, and wouldn't it be cool, anyone else experienced this, but that, that was not the end of the journey, is it? That, that, that's not where he leaves you, is it? I want you, to, I want you to go to the next place as we go along because see, Luke 9, 23 says, he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my disciple and be my follower, you must give up your own way and take up your cross and follow me. If you try and hang on to your life, your shape, your substance, you will lose it. But if you give it up your life for my sake, you will have it. And so I said to him, Lord, I am yours. Do with me whatever you want to do. And guess what he did? Can you go to the next slide? He took that and he turned it. I, I couldn't believe it. He took it and he began to slice and he began to carve and some of the bits he took out on the inside were still icky, yeah? And he pulled them out and some he discarded, but he sliced me open and he exposed me and he laid me bare. And I was there and I'm like, my gosh, this is what Christianity feels like. You start like this black avocado and then he makes you naked and vulnerable and then he splits you even further and he lays you out on a plate and you're like, what's going on? And you just think to yourself like, yes, well, okay, you dealt with the gunk and the muck and the slime inside me and you've laid me up and this is going to get fantastic because how many people know he doesn't leave you there because the next thing that happened I don't know whether you've ever been in a church or in a situation or a service where what starts to happen is you start everybody feels like they want a piece of you don't they and so we're going to go to the next slide because slowly over time this bit's missing and it's like, no, 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 Jesus says, if you, want, if you want to follow me and you want to be like me and you want dead things to come to life, then what I'm going to get you to do is I'm going to give you away to the people. And all of a sudden, people want another. Anyone else ever felt like someone wants a piece of you? And it doesn't matter how much you give, it's never quite enough. And somebody wants something else and somebody, that's part of the journey. Everyone say, dead things, dead things. can come alive. See, that's part of the journey where he takes you, he splits you, he takes you, he makes you naked and vulnerable, he takes you, he splits you out, and then he takes that and he begins to share you out to the world. And if you don't want that process, then you stay stagnant. But Jesus shares you out to the world. Can we go to the next slide, please? And there's not much left, is there? And then all of a sudden we get to the next slide, don't we? And you are just a husk. Anyone else ever felt like that for a minute? 
where you feel like, man, you know, this journey with Jesus I thought was going to be so awesome. I just thought he was going to pick me out of, out of the fruit bowl and he was going to put me on his plate and I would just be his and he would be mine and he would love me and hug me and cuddle me for the rest of my life. But then he began to cut me with a knife and peel me and then he began to leave me naked and vulnerable and exposed and then he began to slice me up and then he began to share my life with everybody else. Are you still following? Until I got to a point where I felt like I'm nothing but a husk of my former self. Has anyone ever felt like that? Anyone reached a point in their life where it's like, I've got nothing left to give. I'm, I'm done. This is it. Put your hand up if you felt like that. Put your hand up at home if you felt like that. I can't see you, but I'm assuming you're putting your hand up because there's people here putting their hand up. Who's ever got to that point where they feel like there's nothing left to give? Put your hand up one more time. Come on, real high. All right, now I want you to say with me while your hand's up, dead things can come alive. See, because Jesus doesn't leave you like that, does he? I mean, it would be great if he just left me alone. All I wanted to do was be loved and valuable. And he said, I'm going to take you on a journey. He said to his other disciples, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. He said, I'm going to make you a tree of righteousness that bears much fruit in season. And he's taking you on a journey. Everyone say, he's taking me on a journey. And so there's nothing left of me, but he's still taking me on this journey. And so I want to go a little bit further until they get to nothing left. And then we're going to go to this. I want you to go to the next slide for me. Because he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm like, what? Anyone else? I'm going to prepare a place for you. You're like, That's, there's nothing left. Prepare away. Anyone? You know, like, I got nothing he says, I'm going to prepare a place. It's just going to be so special for you. And then he does this. Can you take it to the next slide? And he puts me in dirt. I felt like Joseph. You know, we've just been talking about Joseph a little while ago. And his brothers took him. He got this credible dream and this vision from God. And his brothers took him and put him in a pit. That's how it is when you're following Jesus. There's, there's these times where he's strips the outside and then there's these times when you're naked and vulnerable and then there's these times he lays you bare and he looks on the inside and then there's these times he shares out your life and then there's this time and if you're following me and you've been walking with Jesus for any length of time you get to this point don't you where you're like oh, what the, what and could you go to the next slide and then he hides you in obscurity and, and there's nothing left Anyone else ever felt like that? It's like, God, you, I felt unloved over here and I came to you and I trusted you and now I'm invisible. I don't know what's worth being unloved or invisible, but God keeps saying to me the whole way through, dead things can come alive. This isn't the end of your story. This is not where you finish. And so he's like Joseph when he puts you into the pit and then he brings you out and he sells you as a slave and you're hidden in obscurity for a length of time and I believe that there are people here today that are hidden in obscurity and you're thinking God I've done everything you've asked me to what did I do wrong anyone else I've asked that question what have I done wrong where did I miss it 
God, I don't understand. I did everything you wanted. You, you wanted to take away my sin, so I let you have all my sin and my shame, and you stripped me. God, you wanted me to be naked and vulnerable and bare, and so, God, I did that. God, you sliced me up and you shared me out, and God, my life is not my own. It belongs to you. But, and then, God, you reduced me to a husk of myself, and that's okay, God, because I trust you. But, Lord, now I'm invisible. You know, the ancient monks used to call it the dark night of the soul. And in your journey with Jesus, you will literally, I'm sorry to tell you this. I wish I could tell you there's a shortcut to this system. There's not. But the ancient monks would call it the dark night of the soul when everything's stripped and everything's laid bare and everything's gone and everything you thought was special is stripped away from you. And then you're hidden in obscurity and you're like, well, what's, what did I do wrong? And you get on your knees and you're like, God, what did I do wrong? Please, Lord, forgive me for my sin. He's like, I've dealt with your sin. And you're like, God, I, I'm here and I just want to be used by you. And he goes, I'm doing it. And you're like, yeah, but nobody notices me. I'm totally invisible and I'm hidden. And all of a sudden, in that place, there's this pressure that begins to build, doesn't it? It's dark and it's lonely. Anyone else ever felt like, is this just dark and lonely and you're hidden in obscurity? And then there's this water poured over you. And then there's this other stuff. We're going to call it fertilizer today. For those of you who are a bit mature, you'll figure that out because fertilizer is predominantly something else. It comes from somewhere else on an animal. And, you know, you say, oh, they're piling on the, you know, well, that's fertilizer. And they put it on you. And then you're like, it's dark, it's uncomfortable, and there's a whole heap of fertilizer. Because Jen Sunday. And then there's water poured over you. And then there's pressure that begins to build as the ground moves. And then something happens, doesn't it? Something happens deep inside. Because dead things Dead things. Everyone say dead things. One more time. Dead things. Dead things. Come to life. I love this passion. Dead things. See, living things don't keep coming to life. Living things rot. Living things decay. Living things sit on a plate and begin to have a pungent aroma. We one time went home and my wife told me to get the potatoes out. Do you like the way I saved that? It wasn't about you, it was about me. That was kind of cool. Anyone ever had one of those living potatoes that turns and you walk into your home after being away for a couple of weeks on holiday and you're starting to go, oh, oh, and you look at your kids straight away, don't you, and go, what did you do? Anyone else? No? And then you're like, hmm, something. And I don't know whether anybody does this. Anyone do this walking around their house going, no, oh, I found it. It's here. It's here. Because why living things don't keep coming to life, living things rot. Dead things come to life. And it's really bizarre because Jesus wants to take you and make you something that you've never been before. And Christianity isn't a destination, it's a journey. And so in that place, you start small. And then I went out and bought this because do you know what happens? After a little while, that new life inside you splits. And I'm just going to get the kids. Can you come out here and look at this? Come on, come out. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't bite. It doesn't bite. Oh, this one might actually. Hang on, just put your hand in there. Can you see that? Can you see that? Ah, oh, my gosh. I didn't even know what that was. Can you see that? Can you see that seed that's split? 
And that, that husk that's split, can you, hang on, come up here, come on, come on, ready, ready, please don't fall off afterwards, that'll be bad on film. Can you see that? Can you guys see all that? Yeah, can you say woo again, because that was cool. Yeah, that's good, thanks. Can you see it? It's got a seed in it, hasn't it? And the seed is split. And the seed that's split now has new life within it. And so now I'm going to say to them, but I'm going to say to you guys, do you know what? When we come to Christ, there's new life that he wants to get out of each and every one of you. Is that pretty cool? All right, go sit down. I'll give you chocolate later. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Please don't fall over on camera. It's really bad. For those who can't see it, I don't know, can you zoom into that? Like, probably not, but it'd be cool if you could, right? Can you? Right there is this... Right there is the seed that... Did you get it? No. Do you want me to do it again? I'll just show it to you later. Everyone at home, get your own avocado seed, figure it out. You'll see it. Can you see that, church? Come on, I want you to see that this morning because life things that stay alive, that we try and protect, that we try and keep our shell, it rots and it becomes disgusting and it begins to smell. But everyone say it with me, dead things, come on, dead things come alive. And the problem is, you know what the problem with Christianity is and with some people? Some of you just won't die. Some of you just won't die and you're wondering why you're not growing and you're wondering why you're not going to achieve all that God has called you to be and the reason is, is because you just won't die. Dead things. Dead things. In fact, can I give you another scripture? Jesus said it like this, didn't he? Oh, hang on, I've got another scripture for you. When I was in the ground, it's Jeremiah 29, 11, and he says, you know, I know the plans. You think it's all over, but I know the plans. You think you're hidden in obscurity, but I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a future, plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You might think it's over, but I'm telling you this morning that dead things come alive. The last scripture I want to give you is John 12, 24. He says, I tell you the truth. Tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But Monica, can you please not play with the ball? Monica is going to help out with kids ministry more and more and she's going to be amazing and like no 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 when I'm preaching if you could just hold the ball still that would be fantastic (laughs) can we just take that moment all right that's you too Malik oh my gosh where's that kid's mother that's what I want to know (laughs) give me just a few more minutes of your time please because we go from the dead seed to this, to this. And can we show PowerPoint number 17? And I'm going to start at the beginning of my story. We're just going to go through and I'm going to say to you simply like this. You can get there. But first, you have to die. Man, and that process is awful. 
Because he's first of all, start with feeling like you don't fit in and realizing that Jesus has chosen you. I don't know about you, when I was 16 and he chose me, I, I don't know where you guys were. I, I knew who I was. Can I have the ball now, please? Thank you so much, Malachi. <laughs> I'm t- oh my gosh, I'm teasing. Did Samuel give you that ball? Can we just, do you get that this morning? I mean, I, when I was 16, I knew what I was. I knew what I'd done wrong. I knew the sin and the shame and the things that I was highly embarrassed about. And I was blown away that God wanted to choose someone like me. And I pray this morning that you would realize that that's for you. That no matter where you are, no matter how out of it you feel, God wants to choose someone just like you. And He wants to set you apart and He has a plan and a hope for your future. But to get from here to there, He is going to strip you. It's okay. He's going to strip away that sin and the shame. He's going to pay that price. And then He's going to lay you bare. And then He's going to open you up. And then He's going to share you out. Are you still following me? Where do you stop? Where do you say, God, no more, I've had enough here? Because that's where we stay stagnant and stuck. But if we could understand, the journey isn't over. And you might be feeling like no one knows your name or you don't matter. I'm telling you, Jesus, Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, He knows the hair on your head. He knows exactly who you are, where you are, and what you need. And He is taking you on a journey. And I just want to finish with this this morning and say, guys, would you, would you take His hand and would you walk with Him? Would you trust Him in every single stage of your life? Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.